All right, we are live. This is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, first week of June. Ed Carball, as always, here with Matthew Hawkins, who is back from his absence. Welcome back, Matt. Yeah, it was nice to, uh, well, not nice to miss a show, but nice to get out uh, get out for a weekend. I managed to, uh, the, the campsite at the local lake opened, so got out there with a, a couple of my friends that I kind of work with so that I'm already around, and uh, uh, they set up their RV, I put a tent out, and uh, did a lot of drinking and uh, hmm. a lot of uh, carne asada eating, so nice. uh, definitely not the worst weekend. Um but uh, glad to see that you were able to still get a show in last week uh, with a little bit of help. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty rough time all around. So I, I don't know if it was. It's <laughs> the worst weekend is debatable. But um, yeah, yeah, we 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 still got something in me and Shamir Peshewa. Yeah. Um, before we get rolling here on, uh, I, since I wasn't around last week, I wasn't really able to bring it up. But I just wanted to send best wishes out to uh, Dirk. A.K. Wild, uh, founder of the MMA community.com, uh, dude who kind of pushed me to um, pursue a little bit more than just being a fan at events, uh, do a little writing, and, and kind of was the initial spark that made me think about doing a, a podcast. Um, and without his website, uh, obviously, we wouldn't know each other, and, and this show would have never come about. But um, his daughter passed away on Memorial Day. Um, so I just want to send the best out to, to his family. Let him know that we're thinking about him. The entire uh, MMAcommunity.com uh, forum is thinking about him. And, uh, you know, if he needs anything, he's got my number and, and reach out and ask if there's anything I can help with. And uh, just uh, tough times all around the whole world right now. But uh, uh, that's on a personal level. That's just uh, it was devastating news for for his friends and uh, his family and, and forum members. Uh last week so just best wishes to him um so i want to say that and then uh yeah so i, I imagine uh we we did have a ufc um fight night on saturday night uh aka i guess ufc vegas I'm not sure how these numbers are going to go these days i i don't I even want to get the espn nine now i'm not uh, sure UFC yeah i guess so what is Oh, according to Tapology, it's also known as UFC Fight Night Apex. So there's just <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Uh, and the numbers are Vegas this whole month, so they they may as well all be UFC Vegas. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be Apex One Two. God only knows how it's going to work out. But uh, yeah, did you? I imagine you watched the fights live since they were on uh, Pedestrian ESPN. Yes, I did actually. Um, good old Comcast had the guide wrong, but luckily I recorded it. They had them starting like at eight o'clock. They actually started at six o'clock my time. So I was like drinking with my family, trying to forget about some of the bad stuff going on here in Jersey. And then uh, when I got home, I think the second to the last prelim was on. And I was like, what the F is this? And then uh, so luckily I recorded it, though, and I got to watch all of them, you know, over the whole weekend. But yeah, man, it was definitely a good weekend. Good weekend, especially for uh, Mr. Gilbert Burns, who's been fighting his way up the ladder. Uh, Caitlin Chukagian, who's uh, from out in my area. I know she picked up a win. Just trying to think of the, the highlights off of the top of my head. And obviously that uh, Brandon Royville-Tim Elliott fight is uh, one that folks were talking about. So um, 
I know you caught it after you got back from uh, doing your uh, Survivor Man thing. Uh, what 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 stood out to you? I mean, uh, the well, first of all, the main event. I mean, Gilbert Burns stood out. I mean, he he was. Yeah. There was obviously uh, some better fights, but I don't think there was any better really performances than Gilbert Burns. I mean, for five minutes, he, or for, you know, for twenty five minutes, five rounds, he uh, dominated. A, a former world champion, yeah. um, you know, only one fight off of, of losing his title. Uh, although it's been 15 months or so since uh, Woodley had, had lost that belt in his last fight. Um, and man, I just, I just think that the, the guy's just constantly improving. I, I, I think that during this time, all that, all those grappling and, and uh, submission events that he, he does uh, probably has helped quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, he managed to keep busy uh, during a, uh, you know, a six, eight month period where, realistically he probably would have had one maybe two mma fights at most yeah it seems like he squeezed in about two or three well i mean if you look at his um if you look at uh, if you compare the two welterweights woodley and burns i mean all of december he competed in three grappling events polaris quintet and uh submission underground and then uh obviously he was probably he did the first closed off event in brazil so i mean he's actually he's actually headlined two pandemic events and uh and won them both um with no fans so i i feel like that he's probably leading the charge as far as if anyone's taking count and um like you said man he he dominated woodley but i feel like uh i i don't think we should uh every you know i think there's something to be said for his activity versus woodley's inactivity and i know i know woodley said he went to thailand and did all this other stuff to try to reassess himself after the loss, but I, I think that's just a, one of the things that that shows that the, the more actively competitive you are, it just does something different for you. And uh, you know, like you said, it's 15 months for Woodley, so I feel like that may have played a factor. But I mean, shout out to Woodley though; he didn't get finished. You know what I mean? Like it, it, he is a former world champion, so when you win by decision, that's still says something about the guy that you beat that you weren't able to finish him, which, I mean, if you look at my sure dog picks, I actually called uh, Burns to win by decision for that very reason. Yeah. I didn't get to put my pick in, but I was, I was leaning towards him. Um, and I, I didn't imagine there probably would likely be a, a finish on that side. I felt like if there would be a finish, it, it would have been coming from Woodley with a, with a big punch. But um, yeah, I mean, I just thought he looked great. I, I, he keeps moving up the the rankings. He's now number one uh, contender, at least rankings wise. Uh, I don't think the UFC necessarily knows what they're going to do with that division with Leon Edwards and Colby and then Masvidal. And, um, and then of course the champ Usman, I, I think they're kind of trying to figure out how to, how to mix and match these fights. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, that would, that stood out to me, of course, uh, you know, coast to coast combat, our alumni, uh, Billy Quarantino, uh, oh yeah, picked up another win. So he moved to two and zero in the UFC. Uh, a little tougher than his previous fight. His first fight, he really dominated. This one, he had a great back and forth uh, fight with Spike Carlisle. Yeah, uh, avoided some some trouble early, and then uh, I mean, kind of as I guess he's predicted with his cardio and stuff, he he managed to take hold uh, of the bout. Yeah, second third round, and and he called he called on it uh, Carlisle. He had called him a first round fighter. They mentioned that in the in the um, during the broadcast too, but um, I mean for Quarantillo, I mean if we if, if I'm remembering right from his content, contender series fight and the fight in DC, I mean I, I feel like it's risky for him doing these uh, later uh, 
these 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 three round or you know all round later round uh it's it's like he turns it on he he does like the rocky clubber lang thing when they do the rematch and 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 they're in the boxing where it's like you know in the later rounds is when he starts to to turn it up and i feel like that's dangerous for him so maybe maybe that'll change because obviously he's uh like he's uh during his post-fight interview you know we're gonna see a lot more of him but you know i feel like the more he moves up in competition that might be a dangerous way to to fight but uh you know shout out to him hopefully we can get him back on here i know he is he's part of the uh florida connections and jiu-jitsu that we have so uh i'd like to get him back in, on here and, and maybe we can talk about it yeah no hopefully i uh you know these cards are getting thrown together so late once he was announced it was you, know, mm-hmm. you, you just i don't i don't feel comfortable uh pursuing anybody right you know when you know they got such a short time to prepare for yeah especially if they blow you off like <laughs> i've been trying to get I, I tried to give gilbert burns before now he's number one ranked contender that the, the, i was supposed to interview him the day he spoke with espn and it was literally like hey you're gonna have time for me and then of course you know espn called and he forgot all about me yeah, i mean shout out to gilbert forget burns. about the little people <laughs> yeah gilbert. Don't forget yeah. about the people that were interviewing you before. Yeah, no, he won't. He won't. He's super nice, but um, I, I do have to. There is, you know, this is a ball breaking uh, podcast, and I definitely got to break uh, his balls. Yes, yeah, no, no doubt. But you know, a huge win for him. So that's, uh, I mean, it's it's tremendous. And um, I mean, I hate to say it, but I I kind of feel like maybe we uh, we may never see a, a, the Tyron Woodley that. Uh, that became basically a UFC MMA hall of famer uh, his, his, you know, in the last 10 rounds or so, he seems like he's, I mean, has he, I don't even think he's won a round in the last 10 rounds he's fought and, and uh, you know, it, it yeah. a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, 50, 44s and, and such. So, um, but he's fighting top think- competition. At some point you step, you, you take a step down. And like I said, he hasn't kept active um, looking at Gilbert Burns. I mean, like you said, he had the fight in Brazil just between, you know, I know it's still what four, you know, five months ago, six months ago almost, but between the end of November, the November thirtieth, and and the New Year, he had five mm-hmm. submission grappling matches. Yeah. Um. So I mean, as this pandemic hit, he was just coming off competing a a ton of matches. Yeah, and I assume I assume your math includes the quintet and the multiple opponents that he faced. Uh, yeah, I see. You know what I mean, like, that. yeah, yeah, and maybe maybe that's why it. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, he, had, he had Polaris on the 30th uh, of November. Um, then Edwards. Okay, so yeah, you're you're right. He had he had three. Yeah, you're right. You were right initially. He had three, three, but he had three guys in in one one night. Uh, you know, Eve Edwards, Sakuraba, and Jake yeah, Shields all, exactly. all like... in one one night. Uh, all all wins. Uh, so he he kept fresh. Um, and then he had uh, and then he and then he had, uh, lost to Craig Jones, but. Um, it's Craig Jones and Jiu-Jitsu. It's Craig like, Jones, yeah. yeah, and then he had the fight with Maya. So, you know, he, he kept his name out there. He kept competing. Uh, huge for him. Like I said, uh, Billy Quarantillo. Um, you mentioned Caitlin Chikagian. Um, I had that know, uh, wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, of all the fights, you know, you can argue almost that that uh, that might be the – other than Burns winning, that might be the most important fight for anybody on this card. Uh, she's coming off of a uh, beatdown loss essentially to uh, uh, Valentina Shevchenko uh, for the world title in February. 
and uh, to bounce back with such a dominating performance against uh, the sister Antonina Shevchenko. Um, it, it, to me, there's you know we've talked about it in the past when you take a beating, uh, you don't know how someone's going to rebound. Uh, a lot of times, that it's essentially the end of someone's career or the or the real downside uh, slope of it, and uh, you tend to see. A lot of times, you tend to see fighters go on little losing streaks uh, after after taking a uh, a bit of a pummeling. So, uh, for her to go in and essentially, you know, fight a flawless fight, yeah, uh, uh, was uh, was was big for her. Um, keeps her up in the in the rankings, and uh, I mean, I you know, we, I think everybody's been a little bit uh, tough on her because some of her fights are not always the most exciting fights. But um, this fight, I mean, she she fought a perfect fight, um, did a lot of damage, and uh, you know, kept it uh, kept it on the ground for most of the time, and, and and did beaten up. Looks like we might have lost Ed, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, Mackenzie Dern picked up a victory over uh, Hannah Cyphers. She was having a little bit of trouble early on in the bout, and there's Ed back. I was just mentioning now the Mackenzie Dern fight. Uh, she came out, uh, seemed to be having a little bit of trouble with the striking of Cyphers, I felt. Um, and, and I think that's natural a bit for Dern as she's uh, so one-sided uh, jiu-jitsu. Although uh, against Amanda Cooper, she showed some striking. Uh, I think she's going to have issues with the strikers, but she showed once the fight went down to the ground. Uh, she quickly executed the first yeah, she... uh, leg, leg submission in women's UFC history uh, within within seconds, really, of the fight hitting the, the mat. Yeah, that that's definitely one that um, one of the things about that particular fight was like if you rewatch it, like you said about it, she's going to have trouble with strikers. Have, had Hannah Cyphers not tried to engage her on the ground and made her stand up, you could tell things were not going to go her her way. Otherwise, you know what I mean. Um, I don't know why Cyphers uh, like or her corner with everyone yelling w- allowed her to 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 try to do ground and pound or whatever she was trying to do. But as soon as she tried to 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 put pressure against uh Dern's hips on the ground so she could circle the legs and and do ground and pound, she would have been better off walking away and making her engage in stand up. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean when you that's the whole fighting is a game of chess and uh. You know, she fell into Dern's game, so shout out to Mackenzie Dern. You mentioned Brandon Royval. He was one of the earlier prelims, third fight of the night. Fought Tim Elliott, for, former title contender, uh, who had a hell of a bout with uh, Demetrius Johnson after he, he won the uh, Ultimate Fighter and, and earned a title shot. Uh, Royval, Royval picks up the uh, arm triangle choke. Submission win in the second round in a in a awesome back and forth uh, fight up until the finish. He picked up the uh, bonus of the night, the extra 50 K. Uh, so big win for him. Elliot's always game, but uh, getting up there with some losses now. Uh, and, you know, we'll see it's, it's, you know, you think that the 125 pound weight class gets in trouble and then it, they keep adding fights and, and yeah, uh, you know, like I said, I've never, been a huge fan of it but they put on some of the you know when when there's a good when they put on a good fight it's a great fight it's not a uh it's it's exciting so we'll see what happens there on the other end yeah of the I, I feel like uh elliot uh gassed out a little bit in that fight um you know he was so he was so aggressive early on 
that uh, you could you could see him actually working the arm triangle defense before he tapped to it. And even Daniel Cormier had commented he was like that was or I think I'm sorry it was Michael Bisping that said that was more fatigue than the actual submission. I mean, uh, when you go like that, I mean, I don't care. You're, I mean, obviously the little dudes got more better cardio than the bigger dudes when it comes to combat sports. But uh, I, I'm still a big fan of Tim Elliott. And but uh, yeah, Brandon Royval is definitely on my radar now too. Yeah, the uh, I agree with that. Yeah, because he he did all the right defense, but he only held it for like you know seconds, and then it was like, okay, I, I I'm exhausted and yeah. and uh, gonna have to move on. Uh, in the co-main event on the other side of the spectrum, the heavyweights uh, Augusto Sakai uh, picks up a split decision over Blagoy Ivanov. Um, close fight, you know. I'm always an Ivanov fan, but. Uh, you know, close fight, close decision. Uh, yeah. I uh, can't really complain much. Uh, Sakai well, does move to 15 and one though. Talking about can't complain much, but Sakai is complaining uh, about the split decision versus unanimous. But I mean, I mean, he did a cage grab. I feel like if anything, you know, him, him, if he tries to like fight it, maybe they'll look at that and be like, yeah, you're right. You know what? You lost <laughs> because of that cage grab. Yeah. I mean, but, that's not, that's, that's just. Stupid. It is funny to see, you know, his last loss was to check Congo at Bellator. Um, since then he's, uh, he, you know, he's on a, uh, a nice little, uh, six fight winning streak, uh, four of those in the UFC. So, uh, we'll see how that, uh, that goes there in a, in a fairly shallow heavyweight division. He should move up the ranking, uh, especially with, with that record and his only loss to a, a very game check Congo in, in Bellator. Um, so that pretty much wraps up last weekend. Uh, we, you know, we got a little news over the, the you know, it seems like there's been controversy uh, everywhere uh, <laughs> as we were stating earlier, yeah. but uh, it seems like we got da- a little, uh, a little, you know, online slash behind the scenes, uh, you know, uh, social media brawl going on between Dana White and John Jones, uh, the light heavyweight champion of the world, UFC light heavyweight champion of the world. And he, uh, He's basically saying that he's given up his belt and and asking for a release after uh, feeling snubbed by Dana White. Uh, basically, claiming he's asking for uh, for way more money than than he's worth. Um, didn't know if you had any kind of take on that situation, or uh, it's kind of a kind of a tough situation to be in. You got two of the most uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say dishonest people in all of MMA, but two people who have not exactly uh, don't have a, you know, there's a history there of, of kind of uh, changing the truths a little bit. Let's just say. Well, I mean, it's a weird play because of the time we're in with everything going on and, and the financial like part of uh, what we're going through, you know, money's tight all around and, and, and an issue for no, no matter who you are, Rich or poor, or you looking at the corporations? We've read all the news about Endeavor, the parent company. Um, Dana White's talking about how expensive it is to to hold events, and and I, I feel like there's some truth in that because we know those COVID tests aren't cheap, and he's getting for some reason he's able to get hundreds of them um, for his events when when you know we got to like drive around and stand on the, sit in the Parkway line here in Jersey to get a test. But um, yeah, it's it's uh so. I, I feel like maybe there's some truth in Jones's demands aren't uh, reasonable in that aspect. And then, but when you look at it, I mean, where Jones is sitting, he can't see that side of the fence and, you know, vice versa. Um, 
But uh, so I don't know about dishonesty and all that. It's a crazy time. I think logistics is what's making fights happen. I, I know we're going to look at 250, but, you know, Brian, uh, uh, Brian Kelleher fought a few weeks ago and he's on the UFC 250 card. So I feel like logistics makes more sense for fights than, um, you know, booking fights and matchmaking. I think we're going to see that all across the board, even with Bellator and, and whomever else tries to put on fights. But um, so maybe logistically that fight doesn't work out. But I mean, who knows? Like you said, uh, my, my take on it is, you know, it, it, it <laughs> as we're not, it's going to be harder to see the fights we want to see. I'd love to see that fight. I'd also love to see John Jones versus Israel Adesanya, but even he acknowledged that probably wouldn't be happening till 2021 anyway, you know? So, I mean, you know, fight Island or not, you know, uh, with all the restrictions and stuff in place because of the pandemic and everything else going on in the world. I, I mean, you know, I, I think that we just kind of have to work with, especially the UFC has to work with the fights they know they can put together. And um, there's obviously like financial points that need to go into the decision-making process. So maybe trying to get high, huge purses is, isn't the best move right now. Yeah. I just, you know, without knowing the financials, you never know. I mean, I Jones kind of acted like he didn't ask about for more money and, and stuff, but, or didn't give a number, but I have a hard time believing that you don't go into negotiations and then not ask, ask for something um i, I feel like that's the first thing they, they ask for how much you can pay you would, me you, you'd think you, you'd get an, you'd establish kind of where you what your what you think your value is and and go from there i don't necessarily think the numbers that dana white you know i'm not sure he's asking for 30 million that the seems like, wilder stuff yeah. yeah that seems a little bit out there um he's worth more than the average champion he is john jones one of the greatest of all time but without live crowds right now and uh you know, it's not like the past where we, you have the gate crowds. You yeah. had somewhat, you know, educated guesses on pay-per-view sales and stuff. We've already talked about that a million times. We don't, we don't know the actual numbers. It's, it's coming from the, yeah. the bosses or, are telling us what, what they want to tell us, um, whether true or not. So, um, you know, imagine, you know, you go to negotiation, you got to be able to see the books and stuff like that. So, who knows? I just think it's, it's kind of funny uh, that that's the. That's the battle right now. Um, I I don't know who else, you know, it all depends. Like you said, logistically, who's in the country, who's in a, in a country that they might be able to get out of if there even are many of those right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it almost feels like in a sense, they kind of went way heavy with UFC 249 and now they're kind of having an issue filling out some of these cards a bit uh, because there is only such a, you know, when it comes to the top fighters, there's only so many in the pool available Yeah, in the United States. So, and not only that, but like with Stipe Miocic in the United States, it states in a state where uh, they're able to, to really train and, 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 and do what they need to do to. to and feel and like he's a first ready. responder who's, who's probably busy too. So uh, I know that we talked, probably talked about that before, but you know, that's one of those things that, like, I know Daniel Cormier is saying, like, we need you to fight. They're looking at August for that fight, uh, Dana White said on ESPN. And um, a couple other sources out there were saying that August is the possibility. But with the way things are going, um, who knows? I mean, I certainly would want Stipe to, to be at the top of his game for that fight and get whatever training that he thinks he needs. 
same as uh, Cormier, you know, same as any champion or or contender would want, you know. Uh, I think the guys that get it done during during this time, you know, deserve some extra credit, you, you, win or lose, but, you know, that, that can make it to the first bell and stuff like that. But, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 definitely logistics, but I think uh, we have to take into account uh, what they're going through personally as well and, and the states that they're in with the restrictions in place. So. Exactly. So that brings us then to this weekend, uh, UFC 250 pay-per-view. Uh, kind of hurts me to actually say that. Uh, don't <laughs> I just, uh, you know? This is one of those cards where uh, it's one of those cards where you you know, especially as of about a week and a half ago, it was uh, it was real thin. They did do a decent job of, of filling in some stuff. Uh, but you know the event, as uh, YouTube viewers can see, is headlined: uh, Amanda Nunes versus Felicia Spencer. Uh, Pay per view kicks off with uh, Sean O'Malley undefeated, eleven and zero. Good to have you back, uh, Paul. Uh, glad you're listening again. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Sean O'Malley, Eddie Wineland, uh, Eddie Wineland, former uh, world title contender. Uh, 2013 uh, bout uh, lost to uh, Henan Barrow. Um, I think it was at UFC 165. Uh, and he lost that fight. Kind of been back and forth since then. Fights the uh, up and coming, real popular uh, Sean O'Malley. Uh, what's your uh, What's your take on that bout? Uh, you know, Sean O'Malley's never really had a boring uh, fight. Uh, got let off the hook a bit by uh, one of his opponents, but uh, other than that, you know, he's he's been pretty explosive uh, via you know, yeah, and striking. Yeah, and he and he also has that that body type that I mentioned often. Uh, that he's an ectomorph that, who tend to do, always do well in combat sports. Um, so I uh, I don't see him not doing well on Saturday. Uh, I haven't submitted my picks officially to any other places I write for. So, um, you know, once uh, the, what we talk about on this podcast is definitely going to be what I submit universally, but that's definitely something that stands out to me when I look at O'Malley, O'Malley match against anyone for that matter. I got to give credit where credit is due. Perhaps they are listening <laughs> because this is the first time I can remember where a main card bout had the correct records for both fighters <laughs> on UFC.com. Oh wow! Maybe there, uh, maybe somebody's watching. Yeah, no, you never know. We, <laughs> we, we got in somebody's ear uh, yeah. with, with the, the mocking of their website. We will see as we move up the card here. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I if I'm putting a bet down, I'm certainly not betting that they uh, they fixed everything that needs to be fixed. But uh, anyways, uh, you know, I, I'm going to go with O'Malley. Uh, I think Wineland's on the downside of his career. Uh, I, I think O'Malley has uh, he, his, his grappling game is really what's changed my opinion of him. We saw him in quintet do real well. Uh, that 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 changed for me because his striking was always fairly dynamic. Like you said, he's got the body type, uh, the the length. Yeah, the uh, stats on their website seem to lean towards O'Malley too. It's hard to pick against him. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm going to pick him. Uh, the only way I see him losing is if Wineland really grinds the hell out of him and uh, kind of does the veteran thing where he's able to, to take him into deep waters in the third round. And then maybe O'Malley, who, who's been a pretty good front runner in a lot of his fights, uh, is, is, you know, has to deal with some, some controversy and, and maybe we, 
we see a little bit of a chink in his armor. But uh, you got, I got to go with O'Malley right now at 11-0. Yeah. Paul, Paul, he's mentioning the USADA mishap, but he's like agreeing with us about his uh, his body type. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I think USADA mishaps are, you know, we're, you're talking to guys that, that watched all, all the Pride events. So. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's been so many uh, yeah. false positives and, and and stuff like that. And on top of that, you know, we can have a whole show on it, but uh, I don't I don't think uh, any of that stuff is completely foreign to to any fighter necessarily. So uh, hopefully, though, just for the sake of of his career uh, and and, uh, and and everything else, he he gets to uh, he gets to move forward and and, and avoids that that happening again. Um, yeah, exactly, Paul. Uh, you know, but. Um, yeah, I go with O'Malley. Uh, it sounds like you're going with O'Malley. Yeah, uh, for sure. Good fight added late to this card, opening up the pay-per-view. Uh, be fun from there. From that fight, uh, move on to a man that I kind of wrote off uh, prior to his last fight, and uh, he proved me completely wrong. Neil Magny faces off against Anthony Rocco Martin. Um, I'm not going to do it again. Uh, I know uh, – uh, Magni uh, had the had the tough fight with Ponzinibbio, but uh, other than that, he's pretty much uh, done what he does to a lot of fighters. Uh, I thought that uh, I don't know if I was just swayed by by his KO loss uh, to Ponzinibbio, but uh, I'm going to go with him until I until I see him lose again. I'm 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 back on the Magni train. Uh, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to underestimate him any longer. No, no, it's hard to, and this fight, it's hard as much as I like, uh, Anthony Rocco Martin. I, I, uh, I feel like Magni might be a little too big for him just overall. So, uh, I think I agree with you. Um, Paul asks a good question. I mean, and, cause it's showing on the UFC website, you know, uh, are they fighting at welterweight or lightweight which is a good question um i know i have my i have some notes from something i wrote earlier so let me look that up um but yeah that's a good question where's my five fights here we go uh that's on the pay-per-view welterweight topology has them both listed as welterweights currently yeah that's at welterweight so so that's good. I think especially now with late notice and uh, yeah. and the cutting isn't isn't necessary. Um, so that that just makes me that ma- that makes me lean towards Magni more too. Um, just because, like I said, if if uh, if uh, Martin is somebody that that's bounces between lightweight and welterweight, and and Magni's kind of just always kind of been a welterweight, then it's just more reason I think he can he can win. Yeah, he's a. You know the the gamblers got him at, at as a minus one fifty, so slight favorite. Uh, basically, have have uh, Rock uh, Martin at a at, at even uh, plus one twenty. So uh, real real close fight uh, betting wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with Magni because I uh, I kind of dogged him and, and thought that uh, I didn't think we'd see him on a main card again. If if I'm being completely honest, but uh, he did his job in his last fight, and uh, and it's back on a, a UFC pay per view main card. Uh, that moves us to a fight that is uh, barn burner. Aljamain mm-hmm. Sterling uh, from your neck of the woods versus Corey Sandhagen. 
let me see here. I, and the Magni record was a little scra- crazy, but it does look like they have Sanhagen and Sterling. Cur- no, sorry. Uh, Sterling <laughs> has 18 wins, so uh, it was short-lived. But um, yeah. anyways, uh, I'm going with Sandhagen. Uh, I think his length, his striking will cause uh, Sterling some issues. And uh, I don't see the fight hitting the, the mat all that much where uh, where Sterling would, would have the advantage. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's it. I'll, uh, we had a three round fight here. It's a shame. It's not a five rounder. Yeah, uh, it is. I could, could change things. So, I mean, I got to go with Sandhagen. I'll go with the decision. Cause I don't think, I don't think he's finishing uh Sterling inside of three rounds. So, I mean, these guys, uh, with the, everything going on at Bantamweight with, uh, Henry Cejudo retiring, I feel like they're both going to have a fire under them to maybe not let it go to the judges. Um, because obviously, I mean, not for nothing, Sterling's been making his argument for, uh, you know, for a title shot forever. And uh, he's number two ranked, Sanhagen's number four. So it's kind of like, you know, they're going to try to prove something. It's definitely going to be a, a barn burner. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to go against a, a Matt Sarah, Henzo Gracie's, you know, Northeast guy. So I'm going with, with uh, Sterling out of my jujitsu loyalties. <laughs> not surprising. Definitely not surprising. <laughs> this fight should be the main or the co-main event. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the listed co-main event, Hafiala Sunsau, uh, 27 and seven faces Cody Garbrandt, the former bantamweight world champion, uh, coming off of three devastating losses in a row, uh, dropping his record from once 11 and 0 to 11 and three. Um, and the sunset is 27 and seven. So they eat that one. Uh, uh, both these guys uh, had issues with TJ Dillashaw in their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, a sunset had a, uh, had a loss uh, within the last couple of years to Marlon Marais. But um, I, uh, gosh, dang, you know, a couple of years ago, you would have, you would have been crazy to, to pick against Garbrandt. Uh, after you know on his rise and and after he won the title from Cruz, but um i'm gonna go with the sun sal um and i i i say this you know but i i go with it because of of i guess i want to say fight iq i gotta mm-hmm. see cody garbrandt um i don't think he's gonna get knocked out by a sun sal but the way he, he gets hit i could see him getting knocked down and, and caught in a submission hold um i, I my my only question just before I even get into it, I'm I'm going with Sun Sal too, but my only reason is because I don't know. I know he's had some time off, and but the losses he got were pretty bad. I don't know. You know, I think fighters carry some damage with them into their next fight, especially when you get finished the way that that he had gotten finished before. So that's my concern. We have to see the t- uh, what Co- Cody Garbrandt shows up. But um, because of what we've seen, it's hard to um, it's hard not to pick us on Ziao in this in this fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going with that. Uh, if they both show up at their best potential, I think Garbrandt wins. If if they show up at their at their career best uh, abilities, um, but with that said, like I said, I'll, I'll go with uh, a Sun Sal. Brings us to the main event of the evening. A uh, a rare uh, featherweight fight in general, 
yeah. and this one is uh, Nunez defending the the title that she took from Chris Cyborg uh, a while back now. Uh, shoot, seems like forever ago now. I guess it's been what a, almost a year and a half. Uh, I think it was late December of of uh, two years ago. So um, Nunez, Felicia Spencer, Spencer coming off of uh, wins over. Uh, uh, Megan Anderson. Uh, then from that point, she had a, a tough decision loss, fought tough against Chris Cyborg, and, mm-hmm. then, and then picked the first up a win loss, yeah. over an outmatched opponent uh, prior to, to earning this shot. Um, eight and one in her career, only lost to Cyborg is nothing to uh, be ashamed of. With that said, I'm going with Amanda Nunes by boat race. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a slaughter. I think she. Uh, I think she finishes Spencer. Yeah, uh, midway through the second round. Really hard to pick against Felicia Spencer. It looks like Paul's with, with you too. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, it's really hard to uh, really hard to pick against Amanda Nunes. I'm sorry. Really hard to pick against Amanda Nunes because um, you know she's she's beaten everyone there is to beat. She doesn't seem to be slowing down. Uh, defending two titles doesn't seem to be an issue to her, for her. Um, I, I will say this, you know, uh, when we were talking about uh, uh, Spencer's uh, way into the UFC, she is the Invicta FC former featherweight champion. She was undefeated. She fought her way to that title, won it. Then obviously, you know, that's the feeder league for it's a feeder league for the UFC, especially for women. So she uh, she came in, um, like you said. Uh, beat the other former Invicta FC champion and Megan Anderson, then uh, then uh, faced Chris Cyborg, and that would, I mean, your first, if your first loss is against Chris Cyborg, that's saying a lot for you as a competitor, um, especially at featherweight. Um, and and it was a decision loss. And if I remember right, didn't she cut Cyborg pretty bad in that fight too? Like it, it wasn't yeah. an easy win. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, so. no, no, no. There was there the fight had its moments, but. Um... But it was it was short lived yeah. moments while while they happened. There was never yeah. A point so I mean, I'm still there. I'm still picking Amanda Nunes because she just seems to be so dominant. But I would not be surprised if we, you know, this is one of those cards. People people have been knocking it online that it's not that great or whatever. But usually, you and I both know when we see that type of talk around a card, the card usually winds up being the most talked about card the the following week. You know what I mean? So. Um, I would not be surprised if an upset happened, especially with the crazy year we're having and everything else going on, uh, you know, in the UFC, you know, they had they, no flyweight champ, no, no bantamweight champ. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's just crazy times all over. So I would not be surprised if Spencer pulls it off, but officially my pick will be uh, Nunez. Yeah. Nunez is a, a six minus 600, basically a six to wow. one favorite in Vegas <laughs> or in gamblers. And Spencer is a, a plus four hundred. Uh, I might have to put money on Spencer just because. <laughs> it's one of those things where you know you never. <laughs> if the fight hits, the, if she gets Nunez on her back on the ground, then then anything is possible. Uh, I just don't think she'll be able to finish her in that position, and I don't think yeah. she'll be able to put her in that position more than maybe one time if uh, if things go her way, and unless she's able to you know, get her back mm-hmm. and, and get some kind of submission or, or mm-hmm. something like that. I just, I don't see it. And I think, uh, I think Nunez, uh, it manages to, to do some damage. I mean, I, you know, it, it's not the greatest headlining fight 
of all time, certainly. Uh, mm-hmm. But as Paul said, he's excited for 250. The uh, you know the four fights on on the the main card. I'm excited card. just because we, we have fights this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean you got fights, but you know there's put uh, some potential barn burners there. Uh, if everybody, if everything lives up to to, to potential, which you, you never know. But uh, yeah, I mean we've got it appears we've got events lined up now for for uh, for a while. Um, you know, checking the the schedule because you know, no matter how big of a fan you are these days, uh, you can't really keep up with the UFC dates and, and who they got going. But right now, uh, so this is June sixth. Right now, they're showing an event on the thirteenth. I versus Cavillo, another main event that's catching a lot of heat. Uh, but it is a, a free event on uh, well, it's ESPN Plus, so it's not free. But uh, we got Blades versus Volkov. The week after that, and then the following week after that, Poirier versus Hooker, mm-hmm. um, and then and then it looks like uh, currently after that there'll be the big July pay per view in theory, the normal fight week. Um, obviously, like there will be not a fight be a island fight now. Yeah, longer. Um, I have hotel rooms already paid for, so I may just go out there and eat barbecue and pretend like it's fight week number ten or whatever it is for me. But oh, wear uh, a mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see we'll see it we'll see how vegas unfolds then they yeah. opened up i think yesterday some stuff so uh in the next couple of weeks we'll, we'll get a uh get a feel for it um but uh i think that's about it man uh get to watch pay-per-view fights uh talk about this again next week and and keep looking forward to fight after fight so after uh after that little drought we had uh like you said it, it does feel good to uh have a schedule laid out again in front of us Yes, sir. So, uh, I mean, I think I guess that's it for this week. Uh, uh, thanks again to Shamir Peshewa filled in for you last week. If folks want to listen to that, that, that audio is up. Just uh, a quick little housekeeping note for folks. If you haven't noticed, the audio has been slow on the podcast since the pandemic started, and that's something going on at YouTube. It is a, an 11-hour gap from when we do the live stream to when I can process the audio. Um, so... You know, I'm sorry that not everything hasn't been coming out at the same time like it normally does. But obviously, there is some return to normalcy with Matt and I doing our our, our regular Tuesday night show, especially since Matt is not trying to be Bear Grylls anymore. So, <laughs> so we we got that, and uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, uh, slow and steady, man. Hopefully, we get back to normal. Fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow me, Matt Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbizal on Twitter, Carbizal on Instagram. And uh, you still rolling with your Twitch page? Oh, yeah. I forgot to put the banner up. It's Old Head Carb. Uh, I'll probably be on Twitch after this since I can't do the audio yet. But there yeah. it is. So check out Old Head Carb on, on Twitch uh, following this show. Uh, thanks for listening, and talk to you again uh, next week, Ed. Peace. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and some, the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. 
Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.